Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the Ego Chat Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski and on today's episode we have quite a bit of news to talk about including uh, a new beef in the Call of Duty community, um, maybe one that was bubbling under the surface and we've just gotten uh, privy to but one that seems to be pretty exciting. Uh, we also have actually some roster changes after a few weeks of silence uh, Minnesota has finally made their roster change, and we've uh, actually had a, a surprise roster change by the Vegas Legion uh, that we will get to later in the show. Um, the new map that was supposedly going to be saving us from Albagra might not be coming after all, uh, and we also have predictions for the major four week one qualifiers we are uh, moving right on ahead. We only have a few more months of the season left. Uh, and we're approaching the, uh, you know, the first and only major of this season that will not have a crowd, unfortunately. But the qualifiers should still be pretty exciting. Uh, but before we get to any of that, how are you doing, Bink? Well, I'm doing well. Like I was just telling you, it's the best week of the year. Baseball season is about to begin, so uh, looking forward to that. But I'm also looking forward to uh, finally having some COD matches again because it's been a uh, quiet past two weeks without any actual matches since the major. Yeah, we got opening day, we got WrestleMania, we got the Final Four, but most importantly of all, we have CDL Major Four Week One qualifiers, uh, and that's really what we're all looking forward to. Uh, but before we get to the actual matches, and we'll give our predictions later in the show, but we should really start with the the standy stuff. There was two standy piece of news uh, this week, um, this past week. I think the most important that we we should talk about before we get into more of the fun stuff, Standy, after being released by the Toronto Ultra, is now officially a member of the Las Vegas Legion, your 2023 Call of Duty World Champions. Uh, and I I I tweeted it right after Standy got picked up. I said Vegas is winning champs question mark, and I I was kind of joking, but kind of not. Uh, let's just get your initial reaction to Standy replacing Two Real in Vegas's starting lineup. Yeah, there was a lot of questions. I feel like when the news first dropped as to who Standy was replacing, mm -hmm. um, I could have seen him coming in for Two Real or TJ. It just turned out that they they decide to replace uh, Two Real, but Two Real definitely, in my eyes, at least played uh, pretty well. You know, had not some tough matches against tougher opponents, but um, he, he did a good job, and I, I think he definitely, you know, again, small sample size last year when he first made his CDL debut, but I think the second chance he definitely proved himself more so than uh, in his actual debut with Florida. So um, I'm interested to see what happens with Two Real from here because, you know, like we kind of were saying um around uh, him getting signed, like it's not very often that players get their CDL chance, don't perform necessarily well, and then get that second chance. Now he's going to be looking for a third chance, but I think the circumstances are a little different because I don't think this uh, was necessarily a, like he was benched or dropped due to performance. I, I just think, you know, Standy became an unrestricted free agent, so Vegas didn't have to pay a buyout for him, which is obviously big for an organization like mm -hmm. uh, Vegas that historically hasn't wanted to spend a lot of money. And I, I think it would, you know, it would be silly to argue that Standy isn't an upgrade over Two Real, um, just you know, based on what we've seen from both players in their brief CDL careers. So, um, 
I was excited about Standy and that subduo would uh, Kleenex obviously didn't work out uh, there, and I'm still excited to see what Standy does now with Vegas. It'll be a little interesting um, to see how the pacing works between him and TJ in a hard point, but I think, you know, Vegas is coming off a really strong performance at Major 3, one of the best performances for the, the franchise in CDL history, outside of, like, a home series in MW 2019, so, um, yeah, Vegas might be winning champs. Yeah, I, I definitely think that they are in a much better position now that they have Standy, and that's, like you, like you said, I don't think that Too Real was a bad player, and he certainly uh, kind of, like, reinvigorated the interest in him as a player which is very impressive because like you said there's there are very few instances in which a player comes into a team gets his cdl debut or becomes a pro officially they don't have that great performance or the team doesn't have that great of performances and then they they kind of just go away and then they come back that doesn't happen very often um usually it's if you don't get immediately picked up by another team it's kind of the end of the road uh, for a lot of these players. And I, I think he deserves a lot of credit for really buying into Vegas and helping them achieve, you know, one of their best finishes in organization history at major three. Um, one of the bigger upsets in recent memory in the CDL by beating LAT. Uh, and I believe he is now uh, playing in challengers with Minnesota's like Academy team, like a, a few of the Academy players. Um, so that's that's something to keep an eye out uh, for. Um, but yeah, uh, really a lot of credit to Two Real. But like you said, it's it's Standy. It's a uh, one of the better rookies from a few years ago. A guy that was obviously thought highly enough to be picked up by Toronto at the beginning of the season. And Toronto has had a very good track record of identifying in identifying talent and making those rosters work. And uh, like you know, I I really believe them to be one of the best teams in the league earlier in the season with Standy in the lineup, but uh, you know it didn't work out there. But who knows? It could work out with Vegas. Leicester has a proven proven track record. You know, years like a decade uh, plus of taking teammates, and I don't want to say making them better than they are, but definitely like helping them fulfill their potential. We've seen it even if you go back to the Unite Gaming days in like 2013 with uh young Spacely and Huddle and Slacked like they were they were teenagers at the time. Glacier was still rocking the ponytail and glasses like he was he looked really weird back then but he was helping them. He he's helped pretty much every single team uh become better than they probably thought they could be and Vegas even now he's doing the same, even if he's not at the peak of his powers. So I'm very, very excited to see how Standy does with Clayster in the Vegas Legion heading into Major 4. Um, as for Too Real, like I said, uh, it appears that he has been released by the Vegas Legion organization. Um, Clayster tweeted and he said that he he believed that he was still a part of the organization, but I... I think from Vegas, you know, putting out their thank you tweet and now he's playing with the the Rocker Challengers team. It like from everything I've seen on social media, it would appear that Too Real is probably, you know, completely cut ties with Vegas, uh which, you know, uh it would it would be nice if he could still be a substitute just because that's 
you know, that's a contract that's that's like some money in his pocket that would definitely go a long way. But I definitely expect him to be back in the CDL uh, sooner rather than later. Um, another part of this, and I guess it's not really a part of the Vegas stuff, but it did, it definitely is a part of the standy part of this. Um, standy and Scrappy, former teammates on the Toronto Ultra they had uh, quite the interesting beef on social media this past week. Um, the The impetus for this seems to be just from them playing together and I guess Scrappy and allegedly every other member of the Toronto Ultra team just disliking Standy. Um, he said, Scrappy did, uh, IDGAF anymore. Everything you say is to make you look good, make you like the good person this whole time. You got dropped because you are the most selfish player, not because I have a good connection with Charlie. I hear dumb shit from you all the time. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Because we are obviously uh, very big fans of Scrappy and what he does for the league and the, the entertainment value of the CDL. So what do you think of Standy versus Scrappy on the TL this past week? I obviously loved it. I mean, creates a, another storyline here. Obviously, there was already uh, going to be some added incentive for a Standy revenge match if he ever got back into the league and got a chance to play against Toronto. Um, but now that chance is here sooner than possibly some people expected. And um, the beef just adds more fire to the fair, more, more fuel to the fire for uh, this to be a really thrilling matchup when I, I think it's in week two that uh, Vegas and Toronto will face off. So it uh, should be a good one. And, you know, regardless of the result, should be some more trash talk behind that. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Um, I, I watched uh, Toronto's... Um, like documentary series on on major three two and they kind of uh you know addressed the uh the the standy situation at the beginning and uh they showed some clips of like standy saying like he was playing the best in practice on uh on the flank is what he was saying and then like scrappy was doing the like practice we're talking about practice and it, it was pretty funny so uh, if anyone hasn't watched that at uh toronto video it just they posted it on youtube today it's like 20 something minutes so um definitely worth the watch if you're interested in, in seeing uh you know anything behind toronto the roster change they made and and eventually leading to uh the major three championship but yeah i think you know we we've talked about scrappy at length now and and you know how the the, the trash talk and and all that is, is pretty good for the league so um, I'm all for it, and you know I'm excited to see these two square off. Sandy also said on Twitter in reply to that tweet that I read you, he said, "I don't do anything to look good. I got dropped and was upset. You were spinning in circles, shooting the sky in S and D practice. Ninety-five percent of the time, you were always going hard. Either way, you're one hell of a player. And best of luck. I'm not the most selfish player. That's not true at all." I don't know whose side to take. I'm more just like, you know that meme where the monkeys are are fighting in the middle and uh, everybody's around them cheering? I'm kind of like that at the moment. I'm on the outside just cheering like, yeah, beat each other up. I, w I want it to, to continue. Um, this is just objectively good for the COD community. Uh, we love the drama. We love the, the tension between players. Um, I think that's just the most entertaining part of the CDL and COD esports in general, we, you know, Clayster has not been immune to getting into it with other players. Famously, Aches, Nade Shot, 
um, Scump. We even saw earlier this season, although I do think it was more of in a joking fashion, uh, Shotzi and Scrappy before the Optic versus Toronto match, um, where Shotzi was talking a little bit of crap, and Scrappy and Toronto ended up winning that match. And Scrappy is never going to turn down the opportunity to like fire back at another player. Um, but yeah, just an objectively good thing for the CDL, and I, I hope it continues. Um, they should definitely do it like every week just so we can get a little more entertainment, especially when we have matches. They should like just stagger it so like Tuesday, maybe Wednesday, we get a little bit of excitement, Thursday off day, and then we get back to the matches on Friday. That would probably be the best way to go about it. Um, we talked a little bit about Minnesota, like their academy roster and how to real is going to uh, play um, in place of fame, who is being uh, promoted to the Minnesota Rockers starting lineup in place of attach. Uh, this came earlier today. Bink actually wrote an article, uh, dottiesports.com. You can go to the Call of Duty page and um, you can see that uh, Bing's articles up there um, about attach being benched, which was a surprise to me. Uh, the roster change in general, just uh, something changing with the Minnesota Rocker, was not not um, you know shocking in the slightest to either of us. We've been saying for several weeks now that we'd be even shocked. We would be more shocked if Minnesota just kept their same roster, didn't make any change. What were what changes were you expecting? Um, because we talked last week and they still hadn't mentioned anything, nothing public. Um, so were you expecting attached to be benched? No, I wasn't. And I think that's the, the biggest part here is that it, it kind of, um, in my eyes at least, illustrates just how serious um, Minnesota is about kind of like winning at all costs um, to, to for, further... Uh, elaborate on what I'm trying to say there is, is that, you know, Attach was seemingly the player that Minnesota chose to build around this season. He was on the team in the previous season as well. Um, he was technically a free agent, I believe. They they mm -hmm. signed him and then built around him with three European players. Um, and usually, you know, you think, you think to like traditional sports and even in a lot of at least Call of Duty lineups in the past, if if somebody is, is you're building a squad around them, it, it's not very often that you see that player that you're quote unquote building around being the one who is, is benched or, or released or traded first. So um, that, that was kind of surprising to me. But like you said, we were talking that we felt a change was needed. And I said multiple times, I had no idea where to even start with the change um, in, in terms of who to replace. Uh, it sounded like, uh, based on the video Rocker put out, that they, they trialed, uh, at least trialed fame in multiple roles in terms of being a main AR and a flex. Um, so not sure who he was possibly replacing if he was coming in with the flex because um, that, that would you would think that's Cami on paper, but I, I think now they're saying that Bance is running um, the flex or, or that was like some community speculation or something. I'm, I'm getting mixed up, but um, regardless, yeah, I think it's an interesting move. And it, like I said, it just shows uh, Minnesota. This, it's, you know, you, you think about attach being, you know, historically great figure and one of the most popular players in call of duty and having an incredible brand, uh, which is something we talked about at length when talking about attaches prospects for any team to sign him. Um, 
it's pretty surprising that he's benched. But he seemed, you know, at least in, in some clips and stuff, for, and I, I tuned into his stream for a little bit, um, he, he seemed a little more positive. He's, he's always a positive kid to begin with, so that's not entirely surprising. But um, a lot of his messaging was like he, he was repeatedly saying, like, I might be back this year. Um, he made it clear that he's, he's not going to play um, – and challengers and most likely won't get on another team due to like the contract situation. But he, he kind of made it sound like there's a chance, like if this roster doesn't work out, they might bring him back in and try to make another change. Um, and that was something Looney said towards the end of the rocker video too, is that they're going to continually evaluate the roster throughout this set of matches uh, and make any further changes that they deem necessary. If, if more changes are necessary. So um going to be interesting. I think the biggest thing to look at is, um, in terms of both these teams that we just talked about, Minnesota is in eighth place right now in the CDL point standings, and Vegas is 20 points behind them. Um, and Vegas obviously is coming off a good performance in at the major three. Minnesota not so much. So uh, could be a little, you know, tipping the scales there and in Vegas's favor. And if I had to grade the roster moves or, or evaluate them, like compare them, um, I think the standy move is, you know, obviously more of an upgrade than, you know, replacing a guy like Attach. Now, obviously there's, uh, I don't think it's biased, but I think it's a little, it, it's tough to judge because it's, you know, a rookie being replaced by not a veteran in standy, but somebody who, who's won a CDL event before. Uh, versus a world champion being replaced by an amateur player who hasn't played in the CDL yet. Um, so it's a little unfair maybe to say that, but I, I do think that the standing move is more of an upgrade than potentially uh, fame replacing attached. But who knows, maybe fame comes in and he just absolutely fries and, you know, proves that point wrong. So uh, we're going to have to see. But I, the, like I, I wrote in the article, those are big shoes for fame to fill, even if Attach wasn't uh, necessarily performing well individually or the team as a whole. It's, it's still, um, you know, uh, anytime a rookie comes in, they're, they're going to try to, you know, make their name and make it stick right away. But uh, I feel like it's a little more pressure for um, – for fame to come in for a guy like attach as opposed to you know like two real coming in for pro loot like you know mm -hmm. different situations so uh we'll just have to see how it works out um obviously i think the biggest benefit for uh fame is things can't get any worse for minnesota even if they lose every match where he's playing that's still the same uh, results that Minnesota was just getting in the past set of, of major three qualifiers and a major three. So uh, technically should only be up for, from here for Minnesota, but we'll have to wait and see. It's definitely more pressure for um, fame coming in because it's attached because if, you know, if it was another player, I think it's even, it's not on the same level, but like you mentioned, attach was the only player to be, kept from that last season minnesota roster to this season he's essentially the face of the franchise even though it's like it's not the same it's not scump and optic you know but it's it is he's been there for you know a a, a little bit like it, i think he's been there at least a, a year and a half you know almost two years maybe more than that um off the top of my head i, I can't really remember um I think he was with New York originally, but I think he's been with Minnesota since then. 
um, if I'm not mistaken. I'm trying. I'm going to look, but off the top of my head, he might have been with Minnesota for Cold War too. Oh, yeah, he was. Yeah, so, so season two, and season three, and almost season two and four. a half years. Yeah, so he's he's been there for a long time. Obviously, the most tenured part of that roster, uh, and just the popularity of Attach is is greater than any of the other Rocker players at the moment. Um, but yeah, the pressure is is on for fame to improve that team to at least win a few matches. It's it's a really disappointing result, of course, to lose every single match in a cycle. To go from major two qual or major two, you lose major uh, two in the losers bracket to major three qualifiers, you lose every single one, and then you get knocked out in the first round of major three. Um, they're on an eight-match uh, eight losing streak or, or seven-match. Uh, no, I believe eight-match is what I put earlier, um, which if they lose all of their qualifier matches this coming, uh, these few weeks, then they will set a new record for the longest consecutive uh, or longest lose, losing streak in CDL history, I believe. Although I did not carry over uh, how many losses Vegas had to start the season because... When they were still Paris, I don't know if the the streak continues, but the Legion as a whole, I believe they lost, I want to say it was 12 straight CDL matches to end last season. I don't know if Vegas started off with a, with a loss. I would expect them to start off with a loss this season, so maybe... Uh, there, Minnesota has a little bit of ground to make up, but regardless, like it's a it's dangerous territory to be on that long of a losing streak. Uh, and like you mentioned, Vegas is right behind them in the CDL standings. And I just looked at the schedule for these two teams. Minnesota has a much harder schedule for this set of qualifiers than Vegas does. Let me go through the uh, the schedule real quick. Minnesota plays Florida. And LAG uh, in the first week, not not too difficult. Uh, although they are doing that on a home series, which they will be playing in front of their own fans in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, so yeah, that's interesting. Um, but they're also playing on the same day. So if they have one bad day, that's pretty much it for the first week of CDL matches. Then they play New York in week two. And that's their only match of week two. And then week three, they play Atlanta and then they play LAT. Like there's a, a real chance like they have a losing record in this set of qualifiers. Whereas Vegas, I think they have one of the easier sets of qualifiers. They have Boston first, which is probably pretty tough considering how good the breach have been over the past month. Then they play London, the worst team in the CDL. Uh, with a new roster, they'll only have had two matches with Ulysses in the roster. Uh, then they play Toronto, which is obviously a very difficult match. Then they play Florida. I think Vegas has a good shot to, uh, and then they, yeah. So uh, I think Vegas has a really good shot to, you know, finish with a winning record, potentially close the gap even further, and then who knows what happens at the major. Starting in the winners bracket could even be that big of a bonus, like just being able to have another chance to win a match would go a long way for either of those teams. So, you know, I'm very interested in how this works out for Minnesota because it is a very important time in the schedule um, to, to make this change. Um, 
I don't think we have anything else. Oh, I did actually want to mention the coaching stuff uh, because if you go to the Rocker Twitter account, uh, Saint and Looney, the two coaches for the Minnesota Rocker, they put out a video announcing that news that Fame was replacing Attach. Uh, they also, in that video, announced that Looney will be a, quote, more front-facing coach. And um, I thought this was interesting what he said. Maybe I'm looking too much into it or reading too much into it. Uh, Looney said that uh, being a former professional player helps with the, quote, respect level from the players. And, it, uh, and Saint also mentioned that he felt uncomfortable trying to rally the team when they were having these internal issues. He also mentioned that he didn't uh, particularly have that much expertise in respawns, which Looney does. Um, do you think I'm reading too much into it about the respect level when it comes to like, you know, I, I saw it as like uh, the players weren't respecting Saint, like his expertise or his experience as much as Looney, and that might have been a reason for like a little bit of contention. Like we saw with Rambo and Dashi, there was contention there. Do you think I'm reading too much into that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I did I did an interview with Looney now for a month ago. Um, after Major 2, I haven't even gotten a real chance to sit down and listen back to the quotes or anything like that, but it was a good talk, and, and it was something um that i asked him about was kind of just like his transition into coaching and um at the time i was thinking in my head like like what's it like coaching someone who you used to play with thinking of attach um but you, you gotta remember he also briefly played with cammy and bance in the inaugural cdl season on toronto ultra um so he's actually competed with and played alongside three of the four players uh, on this Minnesota roster. Um, Saint, I think, maybe played with Attach when Attach was very young and in ghosts and Saint was kind of uh, still competing. So I, I'm not 100% sure if I remember that correctly, but I know even Looney played with uh, Attach very early on there too. So um, regardless, I, I think uh, when, at, at least in my mind, Looney... Uh, just kind of fit the bill for what I think of as a Call of Duty coach. Like, e even when he was getting towards the end of his playing days, um, I just, he seems like a super smart guy for Call of Duty, um, and he kind of had the IGL role towards the end of his career anyway, and it just seemed like a flawless, it, it should be a flawless transition for him to move into coaching. Um, so I think he would make a good coach, and it would make sense for me if the players respected him, but um, I, I don't think it's necessarily like a thing where they didn't respect Saint. That, that wouldn't make a ton of sense to me, um, especially, like I said, if, if Attach potentially played with him or definitely played against him probably beginning of his career towards the end of Saints. Uh, and then even Bant possibly uh, played against him as well in, in some events. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that, that was one of the things um, I was interested in talking to Looney about was like kind of like the division because it seemed like to me that they were both just coaches um, and not like a head coach and assistant coach. They were just both coaches. And like Rocker is really good about doing uh, those videos where they like talk about Mav Vito's pre-match, pre, pre -match, 
um, gives some insight into what they're thinking about heading into the match, and then they do the post-match videos too, which I think is really cool for the organization. I even said that when I was talking to Looney. Um, but when they did those videos, it, it's like, you know, there was not really like, it wasn't all just Looney or all Saint. It was kind of like a mixture of both. And again, that's just, you know, if there was a head coach, I would assume like the head coach would be the one, or if there, there's an analyst, maybe the analyst does all of those videos or something like that. So I don't know. That might be a case of me looking too far into that. Um, but yeah, I just think, you know, it, it's again, it's in my mind, it's a, not necessarily a problem um, to have too many coaches. And if it is a problem, it's a good problem. Like having multiple guys who, you know, especially in the case of Looney, who's won numerous events and is considered, at least in my eyes, a really smart mind in Call of Duty. Um, I feel like being able to bounce that off of, you know, other people and even players that he used to play with should only benefit Minnesota. And if they're like looking at this objectively and being like, okay, now we want Saint focusing on this and Looney focusing on that, I think that should, in theory, uh, only only help Minnesota improve further. But again, we're we're just gonna have to see, and it, it might be tough from behind the scenes to know that, but. Um, Thankfully, Minnesota is one of those organizations that does a really good job of being transparent with a lot of that social media videos and, and stuff like that. So um, we should get more in, more insight as opposed to if this was happening with another team. Having an extensive coaching staff is a, definitely a good thing. It brings more unique uh, perspectives into it. You get different points of view. But like we saw with New York last season, there seemed to be almost too many voices that, you know, if you, you know, if you and I are talking to each other and we're both talking at the same time, we're not really listening to each other. If there's a third person in this conversation and we're both talking to them at the same time, we could both be saying very, uh, you know, very great things. We could even be saying mostly the same thing. But because we're speaking at the same time, it can kind of get lost in translation and that person might not get the full extent of the message. I could see how that could happen for Minnesota. I'm not sure if that's the case. It did appear that it, more loony is going to uh, be the one to communicate certain things to the team rather than Saint. And maybe that's just like a... Uh, the dynamic between the players and the coaches. We see it a, a lot of times in traditional sports where the assistant coach might be the one to, uh, you know, deal with conflict or, you know, I, I think of like basketball players, like the head coach might not be as, you know, in the team and as ingratiated with the players as an assistant coach who might be younger, a former player, someone who's played on the same team, like you mentioned with Looney. Uh, and I did look it up. Saint played uh, with, with uh, Attach on Curse Orange in like 2013, 2014. So a really long time ago, but that relationship goes back probably a decade now. Um, but yeah, I, I think there just might've been some issues between the communication, which is of course, probably the biggest part of coaching, like the X's and O's and the strategies are, are all important. But if you're not able to effectively communicate with someone about what those strategies should be and not able to kind of figure out how to deal with people, then it, it doesn't really matter, right? Because I think we both respect Rambo as a mind in Call of Duty, one of the you know smartest, uh, most strategic uh, COD players of all time. But 
I think it's also, it could be the case with Optic that there being a clash between Rambo and Dashi, there being kind of a lack of communication, maybe it wasn't the case. Maybe we were just getting a lot of, uh, of Dashi's point of view, but I just think like when you have that clash, it doesn't matter how good Rambo is at X's and O's. It doesn't matter how good of a coach he might be when Dashi is saying like, you know, I, I have a problem with him or the team feels like there's a problem and we don't want it to bleed over into any of the practices, any of the matches, then Rambo kind of has to take a step back. And uh, I, I think we might be seeing that with here with Minnesota. Something has to change, and we saw the change with Fame replacing Attach, but maybe the coaches are part of the problem as well, and it's time to you know, kind of switch things up. Um, but uh, we, it'll be really interesting to have like quite a few big matches coming up that could really decide uh, you know their their CDL future so to speak you know getting to champs and all that so a really a really tough time for Minnesota that they're going to have to figure out um one of the last things before we get to our predictions for uh major 4 week 1 qualifiers Himomat Expo the map that was supposed supposedly the savior for the CDL going to save us from Albagra Fortress control. It will not be joining the CDL, uh, at least momentarily. I, I don't uh, know if they will eventually bring it into the rotation, but uh, Crone, our, our boy Crone at Intel CDL, uh, he tweeted earlier today, I'm told majority of the teams voted to keep Albagra Fortress control in the map pool instead of replacing it with Himmelmat Expo. Very few teams wanted a change. Does the fact that, uh, you know, reportedly very few teams wanted a change, does that surprise you, Bink? Surprises me a little bit. I Again, I still haven't gotten a chance to play the new map myself. Um, but just based on how much hate and um, just just the overall perception of, of Albagra control is a map and mode combination. Uh, it is a little surprising, but at the same time, I think the only justifiable argument is that like we're literally past the halfway point of the season now, and they, they might not want to mess with the map pool with only two majors and champs left in the season. Um, I don't really think that's a good argument, but it's the only thing that comes to mind why so many teams would be in favor of keeping Albagra in, unless for some reason the pros who aren't very vocal on social media just absolutely love the map as opposed to the the, the few uh pros who have been vocal about how much they don't like it and the fans so um yeah a bit of a weird one uh i would have liked to see albaga fortress control removed um but yeah, it could also be a thing we were talking about uh, last episode, how there was uh, that the death cam situation where they weren't able to add the map right away because it had to wait for the update. It had to play on the new update, and they couldn't play in the new update because there was a death cam glitch that wasn't on the old update that they were playing on. Um, so that maybe could have affected it, and the pros just didn't have enough time to practice it before these qualifiers, and they didn't feel like... Uh, throwing it in, but it was in ranked play. I know you're not playing with your your full team against other full CDL teams. I guess you could in theory, but you're you're most likely not um, when you're playing ranked play. But um, 
Yeah, I guess that's just another potential argument against adding Expo, but uh, end of the day, yeah, it is, it is a little bit of a weird one, um, and I certainly would prefer uh, another map being added as opposed to seeing a full team sitting in spawn for a minute because they've guaranteed defense in round five. I think it was Easy Mac, um, you know, one of the best stats guys in the CDL. Uh, I believe he's an analyst for Atlanta Phase. He tweeted that Abagra Fortress has the lowest uh, attacking win percentage in CDL history or control history. So not even the CDL. I believe offense wins fewer than 20% uh, of the time, which is ridiculous. Like that's like, that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, I, I, I obviously I haven't played it. I haven't played a, a COD map in like three years, so I'm not going to act like I know the ins and outs of these maps, but um I did see a few tweets, and I can't find them now because I I was an idiot and forgot to save them. But I saw a few tweets saying that uh, some pros were not as uh, you know they weren't practicing Expo because you know why would they practice a map that wasn't currently in the in the pool? Also, like you mentioned with the glitch, um, if they're practicing on a previous patch, they're probably not going to go out of their way to go on the current patch to play on expo and try it out so like they're just used to albagra so i guess like the devil you know is better than the devil you don't kind of i think i believe that's the saying i think i nailed it um but uh slasher also tweeted and i think it's always funny because slasher slasher is pretty public about his disdain for the decisions made regarding the cdl and this decision actually wasn't um like a you know it wasn't like unilaterally made by like daniel say it's not like he's like yeah let's put in albagra or keep albagra and get rid of expo uh but this was like a, a player vote and slasher tweeted i tried in reference to like trying to get uh expo into the rotation and slasher also said i've been saying pros nowadays should not be involved in the votes this would have never happened in the good old days um I'm not entirely sure what he means. Like I, I understand like they take votes and stuff, but I feel like this definitely would have happened because the the even the pros back in the good old days would have used it to their advantage to give themselves like a competitive advantage when it comes to this kind of stuff. Like if you're a really good Albagra team, like maybe you could steal an offense or maybe you could steal two offenses in a in a in a match then like you'll probably want to keep it rather than go to a new map where you might not be as good um what did you think about slasher's comments about you know the the pros back in the good old days wouldn't have done this i think yeah it, it's a definitely a weird one um I, I can see it both ways. I can definitely see him saying, like, just, like, the older generation of players probably would have just been like, yeah, get this map out of here. 
Um, but I mean, yeah, at the same time, kind of like how you were saying, advantageous if like one of the teams in particular, uh, I'll just use Aix as an example, <laughs> just because obviously, you know, I like Aix. Um, if Aix's team was really good at El Bagra Fortress Control, I could see Aix being the guy uh, just as much as he would be like, yeah, this map sucks, let's not play it. He would also be the guy like, oh, my team's good. Let's pump the brakes on this a little bit. Um, so I, I can kind of see it both ways. Um I mean, it's it's really just it comes down to, um, you know, if we have better maps and modes available at launch, this doesn't even really need to be a conversation. But that's been a, seemingly a pipe dream for a while now, so it, it's just overall a, a tough situation. Um, I think uh, if, if the players are voting on it to try to get it in, and they were it, maybe if they were able to test it somehow. Uh, before it actually launched and they had more time with it, maybe that could work. But, I mean, the, we did get, like, an official announcement from Treyarch um, about it being removed from Ranked Play, and they actually added it to Ranked Play. So it seems like this was, like, as good as an opportunity as we've had in the past to, like, kind of test out a map. Um, obviously, in comparison to... or it, It's tough to compare it to, you know, like, having players, like flown out to Activision or whatever to test out a map ahead of time or whatever. So um, kind of tough regardless, but I, I think the opportunity was there for them to uh, change the map pool. And I think that's at least a positive, just, just that actual opportunity to make a change uh, where seemingly in the past there potentially this conversation wouldn't even be had and the CDL would be like, yeah, we're not changing the map pool and you're, you're just stuck with what we're doing. So, um, yeah, a bit, bit of a strange one, but um, end of the day, it seems like, you know, if the players are actually the ones who didn't want this in and they, they gave it a fair shot, then uh, who am I to judge? There's no perfect system to yeah. go about this, right? Because we've had in the past where Activision or some higher power, so to speak, they make these decisions about how the game or how the league should be played, and the players hate that. And rightfully so, because when you don't get any say in how you know you, you spend your time, this is their profession, this is their livelihood. So like when someone who maybe doesn't play the game or doesn't play the game at a high level like you do makes a decision that affects yourself and your team you're going to be rightfully pissed off about it uh but we also have these instances where players make these decisions they get to to vote on it but they also have these biases and these like you know rooting interests right because you got atlanta phase i'm not saying that uh, they're doing it, but uh, like Slasher saying that they voted to get rid of Albagra. But for example, if FaZe is really good at a map, then they're uh, they might want to keep that map in just because it is advantageous to them. They might win a few more maps. They might win a series. It might decide champs. Who knows? Like because you're gonna have to play control in the champs grand finals, and if you're better at Bagra or, or you think you won't be as good at Expo, it's it's something to think of. Um, but yeah, it, it sucks. It's like there's no perfect way to do it. Even if you mixed it all together, you had a few executives, a few coaches, a few pros, you're still going to get results that might not be very good. They might not, you still might not get as big of a say in it as, as you would like. There's just no perfect way. We, we see it in traditional sports, even 
Um, and players don't have a union, which like I, I think, you know, the CDL players should, you know, th definitely think about just being able to protect themselves and negotiate as a, as a collective unit. But we see in traditional sports, you have like the rules committees in the NFL where they're like, Hey, we want to push the, the extra point back to like whatever, 35 yards. I think it is now, um, where it used to be on the three yard line or, Oh, we want to try this out. Um, like as far as reviews and something like that, that stuff is not really taken to the players as much. Like they don't get to pick and choose like what they get to get to do, but at least the player union has some say, or just the idea of a player union, um, can like help you get things that are more advantageous for yourselves while actually having a say. Um, but the CDO doesn't have that. Like they got to say here and it didn't work out. That just kind of happens. But I agree with you. Just the fact that we had a chance to change something with the, the rule, the map sets and like everything. And it didn't happen. Like that kind of sucks because Albagra stinks and it's, it's just not, it's not fun to watch and it's not, I'm sure it's even worse to play on. So, um, you know, we'll get, maybe we'll get maybe for the, fifth major we'll get something different but i highly doubt it i think this is just the the maps and the rules that we have for the rest of the season um i think that does it for all of the stuff before uh we should mention that ulysses i i believe i just briefly mentioned earlier but uh yuli will be uh, or is now unofficially a part of the london royal ravens roster uh, we mentioned this last week i think even two weeks ago about him rumored to be coming into the roster is officially signed with london um so congratulations to him and now let's get into the qualifiers and give our predictions uh for um the set of uh, the set of matches we have 10 matches this week as we usually do we had a week off last weekend which felt very weird uh not to be able to watch or talk about anything uh call of duty league related that actually mattered um so let's start Friday, March 31st, uh, starting off with Boston versus Vegas. We have Standy's Vegas Legion debut against the kind of red-hot Boston Breach after a fourth-place uh, finish at CDL Major 3. Uh, who do you got, Vegas versus Boston? I got to go with Boston, but, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Vegas came out and made some noise right away with the new roster, Honeymoon Phase. Yeah, I got to go with Boston as well. Um but this is a very interesting matchup just regardless because we get to see how Standy fits into this lineup. Uh, LAT versus London. I think we both are going to go with LAT here. You know it. Atlanta versus New York. Um, obviously two of the best teams in the league. Um, but New York did have a pretty disappointing major three, uh, while Atlanta um, did not have that disappointing of a major three. Uh, I think I'll go with Atlanta, but I'm, I'm pretty, pretty on the fence about that. I'm not on the fence about it, but I am interested to see how New York responds. Cause it seems as if they aren't going to be making any roster changes. Um, although they've had two disappointing majors in a row, obviously major two had, you know, extenuating circumstances with mm -hmm. the travel issues and all that, but, um, a last place finish at the last major was very surprising for me. So, uh, I'm interested to see how New York bounces back, but obviously this is on paper, one of the, the toughest matchups you could have in an attempt to bounce back. Saturday, April 1st, first match of the day, Minnesota versus Florida. Minnesota will be playing this match and their second match 
uh, in front of a home series crowd in Madison, Wisconsin, um, playing in a theater, which is a cool idea. I think some other CDL teams could probably do that, um, bring in a little more revenue and just give fans something to do, something to attend. Uh, Minnesota versus Florida. I'll go with Florida, but I am very... Actually, I'm going to go with Minnesota. I changed my mind. I'm going to go with the Rocker. Maybe they'll, the honeymoon period with fame, just some change will be different, and I obviously don't believe in Florida at all. Yeah, this is a tough one. I think it is as as good of a matchup as Minnesota could kind of hope for and mm-hmm. based on the circumstances. Uh, obviously, you know, as opposed to like New York struggled at Major 3 having to play Atlanta. Um, Minnesota struggled at Major 3. They get to play Florida in their first match with a new roster. So um, I could see it going both ways. Obviously, I just don't know really what to expect from Minnesota, though. Uh, so I'm going to take Florida here. I also don't know. I was just trying to look. Are, are all of the teams playing uh, in Wisconsin, or is it just Minnesota? I believe it's just Minnesota. I think they're playing online matches, but they have that crowd. Uh, yeah. We saw it maybe a month ago. They were playing in front of like a group of twenty or thirty, just sit like sitting behind the the players as they were playing. Maybe that was Toronto. It was it, Toronto, yeah. Yeah, so Toronto did something, but they're they're actually uh, in an, a, a a little theater in Madison, which I, I think is cool. It's it's definitely unique. Um, we should also mention that because they're doing this home series, they're not just going to play one match. They're actually playing two matches in one day, which is pretty unique uh, for the CDL. Um, they they play a second match on Saturday. Um, Boston versus Toronto is the second match uh, on Saturday. Um, you know, I'm going to go with Toronto, but I could definitely see Boston upsetting the ultra here. Uh, yeah, I mean, we did see uh Boston take them down in in that match you know uh talked about it multiple times here but I just remember Beans having a bad statistical map on Hotel Hardpoint and Boston was still able to beat Toronto but that was Standy's last match um and I think Toronto beat Boston if I remember correctly at major three so I'm gonna go with Toronto here uh then that aforementioned second Minnesota match uh in Madison uh playing LAG I'll go with Minnesota we're gonna give them a two a week <laughs> yeah, this is one that I, I feel like I have to go with Minnesota. I think it's important to mention here, too. We haven't really heard anything from LAG, so mm-hmm. we technically don't know what's going on with our cities, if he is going to be playing or if he's still dealing with that hand-wrist injury situation. So um, tough circumstances. But I got to say, if you know Minnesota's playing two matches and in front of a, uh, a home crown or a home series, these are two pretty good ones. Uh, that that give a new squad like Minnesota a chance to win right off the bat. So uh, I'll give Minnesota one here, but uh, it's it's I could see LAG taking this one too if if Arcity's playing and back at one hundred percent. Final match on Saturday: LAT versus Seattle. I'm gonna go with LAT because I remember saying Seattle lost their final match of Major Two or Major Three, excuse me, and. You never know if they if they lose one, they might lose five. So I'm gonna go with LAT here. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Seattle, and I am fully expecting them to lose both these matches this week because, as we've historically pointed out, uh, they they like to go on that roller coaster ride, and they have kind of a bit of a high during the major three qualifiers. Uh, didn't turn into a championship at major three like you predicted, but. Um, 
nonetheless, I, I think, you know, that that's up there and it could be, you know, just starting to go on the downturn. So um, I'm going to still choose to believe in Seattle, but uh, I, I'm willing to, uh, I'm, I'm willing, willingly seeing that uh, I could pick them and they could easily lose too. So it should be a good match either way. Uh, I'll go with Seattle though. Final three matches Sunday, April 2nd, Seattle starts Sunday after finishing Saturday. So I'm going to go Toronto. If you know, I think they're going to lose to LAT. I, I think they're going to lose to Toronto as well. Yep. And I'm going to go with Seattle just because I'm uh, going to look stupid, but we're, you know, off chance. I don't, it, it'll be pretty fun. Yeah. I think my, uh, my pick em record might be really screwed. If, if Seattle isn't on the downturn here, uh, London versus optic, definitely go going to go with optic after a really strong major three performance in London. Um, you know, I think they'll probably lose their first match with this new lineup. This would be their second match because they're playing LA Thieves oh, yeah. in their first. But uh, yeah, not picking London, so I'm going with Optic. Florida versus Atlanta to finish out the week. Going to go with Atlanta phase. I will too. Uh, and that does it for our predictions. Our pick'em records this season bank 63-57 and 57 after a dismal major three performance. And then I am 60 and 60 after a nine and nine major three performance. Definitely much better than six, uh, six and 12. Come on. Gotta get better than that. It's because you were picking, uh, you're picking Boston, right? You kept... I just got every single match involving optic wrong you're for a, the entire weekend. You're an optic hater. That's probably why. I, I was, I, I picked Boston, or no, we picked. Optic you were picking the first. Against... We both picked Optic to yeah. win the first match. They lost the first match. Then, who did they play in the first round? Um... It was London. They played London, so I picked them there. Obviously, I didn't pick London. Um, but then after that, they played Florida, and I was I was buying into the you know Dan Ghosty versus Father Fellow storyline. So I picked Florida. <laughs> then I think they played Boston again, and Boston had just beaten them, so I picked Boston there. Then they played Atlanta. Obviously, I'm picking Atlanta because I always pick Atlanta. Um, and then I think I picked Optic to win over Carolina, Toronto in the finals. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure after like uh, the first day, I got every pick involving Optic wrong. Yeah, I, I rode that green wave all the way to the grand finals, and then you know the the wave kind of went away in the grand finals. But um, they definitely helped me. I was literally just picking momentum based picks for that entire major because like i think once seattle lost i'm like i'm out on seattle like selling it selling my stock in the surge right now and then i bought in uh the green wall stock i was i think green wall street is big timers thing so like i was i was on green wall street at that point um and it, it worked out pretty well it definitely helped me catch up to you a little bit in the pickums um but we'll see how seattle does because i always Seattle and London always screw me. Like one way or the other, if I pick them, they lose. If I don't pick them, they win. Um, so we'll test that theory again this week because we we disagree on our Seattle picks. Um, something to to think about as we watch these matches. I do just want to bring up real quick uh, breaking news on the Ego oh Child God. podcast. Um, Pro Loot tweeted seven minutes ago what appears to be a uh, Discord DM from GB Jonathan, uh, who says the CDL map pool update effective as of 10 a.m. Pacific tomorrow. Albaga Fortress control removed, Expo added. Um, 
the rotation tweeted it looks like expo control will be in the map pool for cdo major four breaking point quote retweeted it for uh with, with a eyes emoji um i know the rotation does uh challengers coverage and obviously mm-hmm. prolute is competing in challengers so my thing here is i don't know if this is just a challengers uh announcement or if this will affect cdl play as well um but that is something to keep an eye on obviously this is very fresh it just tweeted seven minutes ago by um the prolute yeah, Crone just tweeted 25 yeah, every, seconds ago. Everybody just reacted to it all at once on Twitter. Um, yeah, so that kind of like killed about 10 minutes of this podcast because we were talking about, oh, like, uh, why didn't they put it in, blah, blah, blah. But now we can't complain about it because they actually did it. Um, but I see a lot of complaints on the timeline, as usual, with these decisions. Uh, but, you know, that's how it goes. And this is this is COD, baby. You you can't expect these decisions to stand. If it gets taken out, it gets put back in. If it gets put in, it gets taken out. That's just how it is. Um, so we'll, maybe we'll get to see some expo in the first week of the CDL uh, major qualifiers. Who knows? Um, but uh, I guess you'll have to tune into the next. Don't even tune into the CDL. Just tune into the Ego Chow podcast next week, and we'll talk about it. That's all you need to know. Um, yeah, that does it for us. Uh, I wish we had a uh, head ego chow correspondent trimmer to break that news. I think he's been real slacking on the job. Um, that's not Bink's responsibility. That's trimmer's responsibility. And he's really dropped the ball, but, um, yeah, that does it for this week. Make sure to subscribe, follow the, the feed, uh, wherever you're listening or watching on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, uh, YouTube. Uh, if you want to watch the live version of the podcast, you could see Bink read off tweets right as we're about to wrap up. Go to twitch.tv slash podcast. Uh, make sure to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Uh, like the videos. Uh, follow us on Twitch. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, he's at jbink with t- uh, 2Ks. I'm at Prez Byers. And the podcast Twitter is at podcast. Next show, next week, April 4th or April 5th, uh, where we'll recap the major four qualifier week one matches and preview week two. Maybe we'll have a lot of Himmelmat Expo to talk about. Um, but yeah, that does it for me. Bink, take it away. Yep. Thank you guys. And as always for tuning in, excited for uh, some matches to look forward to this weekend. Um, and yeah, I don't really have anything else. So as always, remember to send the chow.